just thinking like, you know, sometimes you get it and sometimes you don't. And that just, it really has nothing to do with you. Like you just keep on going. You go to the next casting, you go to the next job, you focus on what's next. What do you want to do next? Continue to set goals for yourself and check them off. Welcome back to the Model Memo. In this episode, I chatted with model Shivana. We discuss everything on mental health advocacy, resilience, the power of the mental health community, embracing unity, as well as building ourselves in the modeling industry. So let's get the memo. I'm a fan. I'm just gonna say. I think you're so cool. And yeah, I'm just so excited to have you on the show. So before we really dive into everything, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and really just how you got involved in modeling? Yeah, of course. So um, my name is Shivana. I was originally from New York. And I honestly kind of always knew I wanted to be in the entertainment industry in some way. When I decided to go to college, I actually studied acting and um there people were kind of just like you know you should kind of get into modeling and even before then I kind of always knew I wanted to model I did pageants growing up um but I never really thought it was something I could do because I was on the shorter side and the New York market is kind of strict um but yeah you know after hearing some people that were just like well you can do commercial modeling I was like okay sure let's let's give it a try um so when I was in college I actually applied to a bunch of agencies and they all rejected me (laughs) oh my gosh yeah so when I was in college I this is before I had my hair cut um so I think that was part of the reason why like I will say after I cut my hair, I cut my hair after I graduated college and then I did a photo shoot with this incredible photographer and, and then I sent those images out and everyone that rejected me like (laughs) before was just like super interested in me. Oh wow. Some people were just like, some people were interested, but they were like, oh, you're too short. Like, would you be willing to lose weight? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm already so small. Like, I, I do not want to lose weight. Um, and some people were just like, well, you're just you're just too short. I'm sorry. And there were some people that were just interested, but kind of unsure. And then other people that were just like, we have people that look like you. But there was interest that I didn't have before. So that was kind of like inspiring to me. And that, that made wow. me just keep on going. So I waited months in between, obviously, and just kept on applying to these agencies over and over and over um, until it stuck. And one day, this agency that had honestly rejected me several times before reached out for a meeting. I went and met with them. And then next thing you know, they were down to sign me, which was pretty cool. Wow, that's so cool. That was like a 360 like moment for you. That's so cool. Yes, definitely. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting because you never know what the market is going to go for. You never really know what they want. And so I think that's so cool that you were able to uh, really get like your foot in the door and like make it. You know what I mean? Like, that's so cool. You just really never know. And I think the industry is changing so much right now that 
you know, like, no, they're not booking petite models for like their runway shows, but we're definitely getting a lot of beauty work. I mean, that's what I do mostly. I do a lot of beauty work, a lot of like commercial work. So those are the jobs that I'm booking. And you know what? They actually pay really well. So I'm not complaining. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, no, that's so cool. That's so cool that you've kind of been able to navigate your own journey um, and just like do your own thing too. And petite models can walk runways. You know, I know a lot of petite models that are actually good friends of mine, dear friends of mine, and they book runway shows all the time. Again, it depends on the client. It depends on you know, who, you know, wants to book, you know, petite models, um, which unfortunately isn't every fashion designer. <laughs> I wish it was. But yeah, yeah, that's so cool. So we're going to also dive into really your own self-confidence and really your own self-esteem journey. I always love talking about this on the show. So ever since you started modeling and really coming into your own as a model, have you noticed a change in not just your confidence, but also your self-esteem? Oh my gosh, absolutely. So I will say something that's really interesting that people find interesting is that I actually quit acting, which is what I went to school for, but I continued modeling and people were just like, well, that doesn't really make sense. And one thing that I always say to people when they ask me that question, they're just like, why don't, why don't you just do both? Uh, I think that acting always felt very personal even when I was rejected it was almost like it felt like it had something to do with my talent whereas Mm. when I'm rejected in a modeling job I'm just like oh I just wasn't the right fit that's fine (laughs) like yeah it's not even something that phases me I'm just like okay wasn't the right fit moving on (laughs) moving on (laughs) it doesn't even matter and I think that that really has to do with the fact that I had done so much research into the modeling agency. I mean, I mean, modeling world. And, and I followed a lot of, you know, models that were coming up and talking on YouTube and stuff like that. And I really was just like, well, you know, sometimes it's really not that personal and Mm -hmm. it's not that deep. And you kind of just, you move on, you go to the next casting and maybe we'll get that one. And I think that has really, really helped my confidence because, you know, Again, petite model. I'm well, petite in the world of modeling. I'm five seven, but I go to yeah. castings with like all these other like super tall Amazon women that are also very gorgeous. And I think the first couple times I was kind of intimidated. I was like, "This is weird." <laughs> like, can I even consider myself a model? And yeah. then, you know, the more I did it, I was just like, "Well." If they're asking to see me, I belong here just as much as the next person. Definitely. And I think that really helped me realize that it, you know, these industries are so subjective and it's, it's okay to not be the right fit for everyone that's okay and I think that really has helped with my confidence because I think you can also bring that idea into the world whether that's dating or just applying for regular jobs or you know meeting friends like you're either just not the right fit and that is okay 
And I think when you start to apply these things, you're just like, oh, like, I am okay as I am. I am perfect as I am. And I either get it or I don't get it. I book it or I don't book it. But that has nothing to do with my beauty. That, like, the two do not correlate. I'm still beautiful. I just didn't book the job. That's so true. I I can't even tell you, like, how relevant this is, especially in the modeling industry. Because I feel like every model, no matter how successful they are or where they're at in their career they're always going to face some sort of rejection. And that rejection can look different for everybody. It's a very individualistic, but we can't view it as individualistic, if that makes sense. You know, like we can't take it personal, Um, you know, and I just love just your own resilience and really just your own perseverance of just keep, you know, you keep driving, you you know, you you stay driven and you, you keep driving towards your goals and what you want. And I think that's so cool that you're able to get on this podcast and say, you know what, I face rejection, but it helped me. You know what I mean? I think that's yeah. so powerful. And I mean, I will. It's it's really interesting because I I had mentioned that I did pageants growing up, and um, I actually growing up was like such a sore loser uh, when I competed in pageants. Most and most children just, are. <laughs> I didn't win. I just yeah, yeah. to win. Um, and I think you know, just seeing that like the growth from then and even when I competed in a pageant in like 2021 and I didn't win I was so upset and I like let it completely just affect my mood um to now and just thinking like you know sometimes you get it and sometimes you don't and that just it really has nothing to do with you like you just keep on going you go to the next casting you go to the next job you Focus on what's next. What do you want to do next? Continue to set goals for yourself and check them off. Yes. I love just, you know, creating lists and really just indulging in the lists and manifesting the lists and, you know, and, and just really keeping a mental, I guess, tab on your goals and what you want to accomplish. You know, it could be from a yearly basis. It could be a weekly basis. It could just be like a day thing too. You know, you wake up in the morning, you're like, Hey, what do I want to get accomplished today? Or what do I want to do today? You know, it's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. It's, you know, taking control of your own narrative. Yeah. I love that. I love that you've done that. And, um, you know, it's just, again, like what I said before, you know, it's so powerful to hear a woman say, you know, about their own experience about rejection and their own um, way of rejection and really just how it's morphed you and transformed you into um, just a stronger person, but also a stronger model. Um, Again, I think that's really innovative and really cool. And I also want to, yeah, absolutely. And I also wanted to dive into your own mental health advocacy journey, because as you know, I'm also a mental health advocate myself, and I just love advocating for that community. I'm sure you do too. So what really got you like into not only advocating for that community, but also just, you know, wanting to as well? Oh my gosh. Such a long story. So my personal mental health journey started in middle school, honestly, um, you know, as much as I was a happy kid, I felt all the emotions as intensely. So I was also a very sad kid. And I kind of just fell into this really deep depression and I started self-harming and I had friends who were very, you know, they were aware, they were aware and yeah. they went to the guidance counselor and they were just like, Shimana's doing this. And that is kind of how it started, honestly. And it's been definitely a roller coaster ever since. Uh, since then, I 
have been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and panic disorder and depression and borderline personality disorder, all these things. Um, Mm -hmm. And I have been in and out of different types of therapy. I've had multiple different therapists. I have been to the mental hospital several times. My longest stay was actually like two months. Um, I have been on different meds and stuff like that. And I, I think what's really important for me is in being an advocate is that I wish there was someone that I could have looked up to when I was younger, going through all these things, thinking that I was alone. I wish that there was someone that I could look up to that Definitely. talked about their mental health journeys, but not just like scratch the surface. Like I needed someone that like delved into it and yes. the nitty gritty and was just like, yeah, I've been in the mental hospital. Yeah. I take meds. Like, and this is what that experience is like. And and I was just like, you know, I don't, I don't, I still don't think, although we are opening up the conversation more and more, and I'm so happy that we're doing that. I think that people are still very, very scared to, to be real about it. And they, sometimes I feel like people really want to kind of wrap it up in this like cute little bow, but I don't think Definitely. it really is a way to do that because it's messy and that's just what it is and people's journeys are messy and everyone has a different journey and i i really want to be the voice for people that are struggling that think that they can't make it that they think that they can't achieve anything because of the things they're struggling with i mean so i actually i i i met with the agency that i'm with literally like a month before I ended up in the mental hospital for two months and I actually remember emailing them and I was like because they had been emailing me like wanting to just you know get my pictures up on the site and I was like um I am in the hospital I don't know when I'm gonna be out and I kind of just left it at that and then when I came back out I emailed them again and they were just like oh let's just pick it back up and I was just like I love this like thank you um, because it's always, I always was just like, I don't, I don't know if I have the, the stability, the mental stability to be in this industry. I don't know if I have the fortitude to do this. Um, and you know what, honestly, for a long time I didn't. And sometimes I still feel like I don't. Um, but I see my therapist every week and I take my meds every day and I, use the skills that I've learned along the way. I journal when I need to journal, like go on walks with my dog. Like I really hone in on my own mental health, not just because I want to be a mental health advocate, but because I am also aware that I can't advocate fully and to the fullest of my potential if I am struggling myself. So I really take care of myself so I can be able to feed and to pour into other people as well. Yes. Yes, I love all this. And thank you for sharing all this, by the way. It can be a little difficult opening up about our own mental health and things like that. But I really appreciate you for being so candid and open. um, Because this is going to help so many other people, you know. Um, You know, there's so many people out there that struggle with their own mental health. And you're just, you're so correct when you said um, how it's kind of like a topic that not many people want to talk about. But also, it's like, they want to wrap it up and make it look nice. And they don't want to like get into the nitty gritty. And 
you know, I think it's so important to have people like yourself really talk about these things in such a candid, open and raw light. It needs to be seen more. It needs to be heard more because we'll feel more accepted and more better and more comfortable, you know, and I love that you're doing that. I mean, I completely agree. I I think the first time that it really um, hit me is when I had a friend that was struggling and, you know, they hit me up and they were just like, I... I think I need to admit myself into a hospital, but I've never done this before. I'm terrified. Like, would you mind like opening up about your experience? And like, can I have my phone? What should I bring? Like all those things. And I was like, yeah, of course I've done this. I, I, and I, I completely get it, you know, because people don't talk about it. My yeah, first time totally. I was terrified as well. My first time um, admitting myself was in 2018. And I remember being so scared because I had no idea what to expect and it was almost like by time I did it after then like the times I did it after then was just like okay like I kind of know the routine because I had done it and I'm able to share that insight with other people and help people and talk about like I don't I really don't I don't mind sharing these things I think we really need to because it helps people feel less alone. It helps people feel less afraid. It's, it helps make the whole experience less daunting. And yes. I think if people realized how not scary it was, then more people would seek out that help when they need to seek out those resources when they need to, because I mean, honestly, we would have so many angels left on earth if if we were just more honest and candid about this, honestly. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more with you. It's so true, you know, and um, it's not only just about being like transparent, but also wanting to build networks and, and building connections and building platforms and, you know, really all of that as well, because it makes a huge difference. Um, you know, a lot of people that are struggling, they get nervous and they get, you know, like, where do I go? Who do I talk to? What can I, you know, what, what can I read about this, you know? And so when you have, it's one thing reading like about a disorder or something online, but when you can actually hear it from someone who's dealing with exactly what you're dealing with and you can relate to on not like an identical level, but on a level that's so similar, it's just such a beautiful thing. Cause again, just like what, as you said, like you don't feel so alone anymore and it's not so scary. Absolutely. I mean, after I was diagnosed with BPD, one of the most special things is that I was able to go into a year-long continuing tr- treatment program. And the, the reason why I say that it's so special is because I met other individuals that had the same exact diagnosis. And when they would talk about their experiences in sessions, I would be like, oh my gosh, other people think the way I think. Yeah. And it was both like kind of like scary and I was just like is that really what my brain does but it was also like the most beautiful thing ever because I was like oh my gosh I'm 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 actually not alone yeah exactly (laughs) exactly yeah I love that you said that you know and it's you know none of us are alone you know and 
um, you know, our voices are so powerful and we need to keep using them because that's truly what's going to make this world become not just a better place for the mental health community, but a better place for any community. Um, you know, as you and I both know, there's a lot of stigma. There's a lot of um, unknowns and there's a lot of judgment that I I don't like. I don't like it. You know, a lot of my friends, um, they deal with mental disorders and I've seen them get judged all the time um, by people that are just not educated. And it's it's very unfortunate because, you know, it shouldn't be that way. It's it's so unfortunate. It, I mean, it's so unfortunate. I, I remember. I mean, I used to go on dates, and I used to just be terrified of like, I have to be very like careful with everything that I say and do, because I cannot let this person know that I have a mental disorder because they're mm. automatically just gonna like rule me out. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, see, no, that's a real thing. Yeah. I've heard say I've heard similar stories. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it it is terrifying and it's uh, it is so hard and it's it's really hard navigating it. And I remember when I started dating after being diagnosed with BPD it was, it was so scary. because uh, BPD is very specific diagnosis and and there are a lot of stigmas about that one. Um, yeah, there's a and, lot. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my gosh, I can never let people know that I have BPD because they are just going to think that I am not able to function, not able to complete tasks and be sane and anything. Yeah. I, I got to keep this one locked down because this is actually a, like an even more scary diagnosis than just anxiety or depression. Like, And I... I actually found a lot of freedom in opening up about it. And I, the person that I'm dating now, we went on our first date. And on our first date, I, I told this person, and I was like, I have BPD. And I have no idea why I did that. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, she was really like, she was opening up about her story. And I just felt so comfortable. And I kind of just was like... I have BPD and and it's been a journey ever since you know like you know is it always easy absolutely not but you're finding someone that's willing to work with you and that's like you know your diagnosis your diagnosis doesn't define you as much as you know like as much as your skin color doesn't define you as much as all these other boxes that we put into pe- people in like those things are not what defines us what defines us at the at our core is our heart and the type of person we are and i think just opening up to the people around me about my diagnosis and how scary it was and they were just like it's okay you know we we love you regardless this is terrifying Aww. for you but this doesn't change how we see you and I was just like, wow, okay, all right. And I think that's that's what helped me become so confident to the point that I can talk about this. And I'm so open about the fact that I have BPD now. And it's it's really something that's not scary for me to talk about. It's just, it's just a diagnosis and it just happens to be something that I struggle with, but it's not who I am. Yes, yeah. I love the the no label thing. You know, I feel the same way. I hate labels. I hate definitions. I hate boxes I hate the whole thing and you know because at the end of the day like we're all humans and we're all you know we're just ourselves and we should never be defined by a label or 
uh, medical diagnosis or anything like that. Thank you again for sharing that. Yeah, I think great. a lot of people are going to take from this. And I think a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of people will be like, wow, you know, like, if you can <laughs> talk about it, I can talk about it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. It's very important. You know, it's very important, especially in this day and age. You know, we feel so apart a lot. Um, I feel like yes. since the, the pandemic, it's just always been like, you know, it's like, yeah, we've we've come more together since the pandemic, obviously, but there's still a lot of that apart. Have you felt that too? Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. I don't know what it is. I mean, I think I've I have definitely felt like more of a disconnect from people uh since since the pandemic. And me too. I think it's because we we all zoned in on uh, like our social media and our phones and all that stuff. So we kind of just settled into this routine. Um, but I think what we don't realize is also the power of social media. You know, I Definitely. mean, yeah, we zoned in on social media and we can either say that that's a negative or a positive thing, but we can also lean into what we want that to be and that's why I choose to talk so much about mental health on my social media, because that is what I choose to use that platform for. Yeah. Yeah. And you do such a good job at it too. You know, you have such a candid way and that's so rare, you know? So I, 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 I want to applaud you for that too, because I know how difficult it can be to not only make a platform or launch a platform in regards to mental health advocacy, but also have a genuine connection with it as well. Um, it's, it's very, it's very interesting. And it's very, very cool that you're able to do that. You know, there's so many, um, you know, so much mental health advocacy on social media and I respect, you know, mental health, mental health advocacy as a whole, but it's, it's rare like that you'll, it's like 50, 50 that you'll find an actual platform that you can actually genuinely connect with on an authentic and not just authentic but like a deeper level if that makes sense and I feel like you do that very well with your platform oh thank you so much that's very kind absolutely yeah we definitely need more people like you out there (laughs) you're welcome yeah so we are going to dig into rapid fire questions okay let's (laughs) do this okay here we go if you could change anything about the modeling industry, what would it be and why? Uh, net 60. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't, don't get me wrong. I understand that there are things in place. But I do really find it so unfortunate that models who are working just as hard as anyone else have to wait so long to get paid. And I'm not just saying this because of me, but I've, I've seen other models. I've talked to other models. And it is. You know, living in New York is not cheap. I mean, now no. I mean, I'm thankfully not in New York right now, but it's not cheap. When I lived there, it was not. It's it's not cheap, um, and that's that's not just the cost of rent. That's just the overall cost of living. And yeah. I think we really need to, at some point, make it easier for models to get paid so they can feed themselves and function as humans. You know, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. No, I, I can't agree with you more. I mean, I, I mean, you've talked to models, I've talked to models and it's the same, it's the same thing. You know, I've experienced that too. It's yeah. It's interesting. Cause you're not the only model who has said that. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of uh, women as well have come on the show and have said very similar things that you just said. So, or not the same, if not the same. So yes, I, that's very interesting. So yeah, no, definitely. What is one quote that you live by? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I had a lovely therapist once and 
oh gosh, I'm trying to remember it without like butchering it. Um, but <laughs> she, oh, she said, remember that wherever you go, you carry very important cargo with you. And the cargo is yourself. So everywhere you go, remember that you are carrying yourself and that you are important, that you're valuable. And I, I think that the reason I love that so much is because it's it's really easy sometimes to fall into these ruts that you forget how great you are, how special you are, how beautiful you are, how, how talented you are. And I think if we just zone in and just remember that we're important, not because of our talent, not because of our beauty, not because of X, Y, and Z, we are important simply because we are human and that we are living this experience. I think I just thought that was so beautiful and it has been so helpful for me. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that quote. I think it's so cool to really like dive into, you know, quotes and stuff. I'm such a quote person. I have like a book of quotes that I refer back to from time to time, but it's so important to have good quotes near you and just around you too. You know, that's why I always ask everyone on this podcast, almost everyone on this podcast, I always ask, well, what's, what's a favorite quote? Cause I want to, I want more. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I need more. <laughs> so important yeah quotes are quotes are good affirmations you know yes uh huge on affirmations definitely definitely and lastly who is your dream client oh my goodness oh gosh dream client dream client oh gosh this is so hard i have (laughs) there's a lot to choose from (laughs) i i honestly have so many uh, but I think off the hand, I'm I'm gonna go for Mac. I think I'm gonna go for Mac because Ooh. I did go to Mac stores as a kid and looking at the models on the screens, and I was just always like, it would be so cool if I booked a Mac campaign. And you know, back when I was a kid, I never really thought I would get to this point where I am going to castings for all these companies. So I think it would be really just amazing if I could book a Mac campaign. I think that would be like a full circle moment for little Shivana. Oh my gosh, that's such a vibe. And I can totally like see you doing that too. I just love like, because you, you have very like good skin as it is. Um, <laughs> but like, oh, I've seen your skin, girl. It's amazing. <laughs> I love your skin. Um, I'm jealous. I'm like, oh, my skin. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, no, it's so cool. I can totally see you doing that. Yeah, any, like, beauty campaign. I love the one that you recently shot. I think it was back in September. Yes. Uh, iconic. I love it. <laughs> thank- yeah, I've been, I've been having so much fun. It's been, it's definitely been, it's been a ride. I mean, going from thinking that I would never be able to do this because I'm too short to booking campaigns and it's just, it's been a dream. I'm so happy and I'm so lucky that I get to do this. I know. I'm happy for you too, you know, and you're just a perfect example of someone who has dealt with so much like rejection and this and that, but you you pulled through and you made it, you know, you did it and you're, you keep doing it too. And it's so cool. You know, it's so cool to have a woman like you on this podcast who, again, who has faced rejection, but has never let it get in the way of 
who they are or their success or their career or their dreams or their talents or their passions or their goals. You've done so much and it's just so cool. So I have to say thank you so much, Shivana, for joining this podcast, but also just sharing your whole story. I love it. (laughs) I love your story. I think you're incredible. And thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me and giving me this platform and the opportunity to talk about all that stuff and to just talk and talk and talk. I can talk all day. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And where can people find you on social media? So you can follow me on my Instagram or my TikTok. They're both the same there shavana so s-h-a-v-n-v-a-n-a and then c-l-r-k so that's my insta and my tiktok if you want (laughs) perfect i will link it all below so people can check you out and check out how cool you are and all your vibes and everything (laughs) thank you thank you again of course thank you so much for having me